Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, My Church is Sharing, presented by Pastor Alan Moss on July 22nd, 2018. Before we get started, though, I want to tell you one thing. Uh, this is a tough message, so... If I offend anyone, please know that I truly meant to do it. Yes. Now, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing you guys. Man, you should have saw some of y'all's faces right there. It's like, I mean, it's, it, you kind of look like a hunter that come along a grizzly bear, and you're like wearing, you know, honey-made pants or something. It's like, oh, my gosh. Now, you guys know better than that. Uh, what we are going to talk about, though, is really kind of something pretty simple, but we struggle with. Uh, you know, we're talking about being a sharing church, and really I kind of, you know, we do a great job at Soul Rio sharing ourselves to each other, sharing ourselves to the community. Like Floyd said, we're going to work with Martin Luther King, uh, which we've worked with them for about a year now. And, you know, we share a lot of ourselves, uh, and that, that is what we need to do. Uh, but what I really want to talk about today is, is sharing the most important thing we have, and, and that's God's Word. You know, and there's a lot of different kind of definitions for, for it, really. I kind of thought about it. and You can call it evangelism, you know, which really evangelism, to be honest with you, if, if you stop and think about it, that's just telling people about God, about Jesus Christ, about the gospel. That's really all it is. You know, uh, you know, Hardcore Baptists, we call it witnessing. You know, when you witness to somebody. You know, so whatever it is, it's basically doing that right there. So I kind of want, I started thinking about it, and I started really kind of struggling with it because I remembered a lot of, of uh, stuff that I had struggled with when it comes to evangelizing or witnessing or what really you ever want to call it. And I started thinking about it, and I said, wow, you know, what really is evangelizing? You know, and I, I struggled and I thought and I said, well, where are we told to, to really spread the word? You know, so, you know, I've kind of got a few verses, which is kind of odd for me because we're going to be going through a lot. Uh, but the first, first place I want to go to, so open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to start with verses 18. Now I'll let you get there for a minute. Come on, speed racer, come on, come on. Uh, but in, in Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19, it says this. And I, this was, by the way, after Jesus had already been crucified on the cross and he had rose again and he spent 40 more days with his disciples. But this is the final time he was saying goodbye to them. He was leaving them right now forever. But he said to them, he said, And Jesus came and spoke in them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people, you know, we call that the Great Commission. You know, God is telling the disciples right there, and then I want you to go out, and I want you to spread the word to everywhere. You know, that's one form of witnessing evangelizing. But are we all called to do that? Yes and no. You know, I thought about that and I said, are we called to go out to every country? Am I personally called to be a foreign missionary? Exactly. 
But I am called to witness on God's word. And I think that's kind of sometimes where we get confused. We get, sometimes people think, oh, well, they actually take this verse and they say, well, I've got to go to everywhere in the world. I've got to be that guy. Now, I think the hardest thing about evangelizing is sometimes we don't listen to what God wants us to do. We really don't. And I know it's kind of a, you're thinking, what is he talking about? But see, some of us are actually called to go into to foreign parts of the world and to witness and to be a missionary. Is that not true? Some people are called to be a witness to their community at IHOP. Some people are called to be a witness in their own church, to witness in your church. I know you're thinking, how can you witness in your church? Well, you can. You can do exactly that to each other in God's church. And some of us are called, our mission field is your home. Now, I know we're thinking, well, how? Well, sometimes I think we've kind of neglected some of those areas because we want the big picture type deal. We want the boldest place. It's kind of like the old saying, you know, I stepped over 25 people that were hurt, sick, and injured just to get to the 26th. Well, what about the 25 that you stepped over? Who's going to take care of them? So I think sometimes what we've got to do when we evangelize, we've got to know where our calling is. We've got to know what God is truly wanting us to call. You know, where is he singing and where is he telling us to do? You know, and, and are we really supposed to be spreading God's word? Well, this was the Great Commission, and I, and I started going back in, in the Old Testament, and I found something really interesting in Psalms. It was 96, 1 through 3. It'll be up here so you don't have to speed through your Bible. But it says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. De declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all peoples. So see, David is telling us there, the psalmist says, we are already are supposed to be spreading God's word. And then the Great Commission tells us to spread God's word. But I think when we start thinking about how we can be evangelists, we kind of forget where we need to go. We're not focusing on God sometimes. I know, I know I'm the worst. And I don't kind of, I get out of my comfort zone. You know, and I started thinking, what can put me in my comfort zone? What does God really want me to do? And, and I, the more I thought about it, I remembered a time where me and my son went fishing. I love to fish. Now, back in Oklahoma, you can go and pretty much throw a rock in any direction and you hit a farm pond, you know, so you can fish pretty much anywhere. You know, most of those farm ponds have good catfish and good bass and some crappie. I don't know if you guys know crappie or anything, but, I mean, it's good fish, good to eat, good to catch, fun to catch. Well, me and Alex, that was, that was our one of our favorite things to do, was go fishing. And I remember one time when I went fishing, he was, he was really little. I think he was about five years old. You know, we always made an event when we went fishing. You know, so we get up early in the morning, we get all of our stuff, we put it in the truck, 
we go, we go to the debate store. Now, in Oklahoma, we can use minas. Now, here, you guys, like, idolize them. But in Oklahoma, they're, they're just bait is all they are. You know, so we'd buy, we'd buy, you know, get a minna bucket. You'd put some minnas in the minna bucket, and we'd go to the pond, and we'd start fish. You know, there we go. We'd start. I'd throw his line out, you know. I'd throw my line out. And I remember we're sitting there, and we're fishing. I'm having a good time. We're not catching nothing yet. And I keep looking around to Alex, and he's playing in the minna bucket. He's chasing the, the little minnas, you know, in the minna bucket. You know, and he's reaching his hand down there like that, you know. And I'm like, son, I said, you better come over here and watch your line. You know, a fish might come up and get it, and you're not going to be ready for it. You know, and he'd say, okay, okay. And he'd come over for about a second or two. You know, and the minute I'd turn my head, he'd be right back at the minna bucket, and he'd be just doing like this. You know, and finally I asked him, I said, Alex, what are you doing? He said, I'm fishing. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you're fishing? No, out here, son, this is your fishing. You got your line in the water. We're trying to catch fish out here. And he said, I don't know, Dad, but I can see these. <laughs> That's right. He was fishing in the right spot, wasn't he? Uh, he knew there was fish in that little bucket. Now, unfortunately, he probably caught more of the minnows than I caught all day long out in the pond. <laughs> but, but to him, he was fishing in the right spot. And sometimes that's what we don't do. We witness in the wrong spot because that's not where God wants us to be. You know, if you go to uh, John 24, starting with verse 6, this is a story about they're fishing. They're, the, the, all the disciples are out in the boat and Peter's out in the boat because he was a fisherman and he's fishing. And they were fishing all night long and didn't catch nothing. You remember that story? Didn't catch nothing. It said, but when the morning had come, Jesus was on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you, have you got any food? Basically, have you caught any fish? And they answered to him, and, and I really like this because it's just one word, so you can imagine their attitude. No. You know, they're probably a little bit, you know, hacked off. Man, I've been fishing all night. We hadn't caught nothing. And this guy on the shore wants to know if we're catching fish. So no, we haven't caught nothing. So he said to them, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they did. They cast their net on the right side and they were, able to, they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. You know what they were doing? They were just fishing in the right spot. They were fishing where God told them where to fish. So that's why they were having success. See, sometimes when we evangelize, we have no success. We do everything right. We're like, man, I, I, I know my stuff. I'm ready to witness to somebody. And the first person we see, we just jump on them. You know, it's like, hey, hey, you know God? I got to tell you about God. You know, and we fail. And we do that time and time again. And I think about that because I was like that. And I thought, well, you know what really was going on? Is I was fishing in the wrong spot. I wasn't doing, or I wasn't fishing where God told me to go. And it took me a long time to realize that. My spot, to be honest with you, right now my spot, and I learned it the hard way, but my spot is fishing with the kids. That's my spot. That's where God wanted me. When I went there, when I listened to God, and I said, God, where do you want me to witness? Where do you want me to evangelize? Where do you want me to, to really tell people about God? You know what he said? 
with kids at your church. They need you. And until I swallowed my pride and said, okay, that's where I'll go, I was not successful. Now, I don't know how successful I am now, but I sure like it better. And I've been doing it a long time. See, we sometimes don't listen to God. We want to jump that boat. We want to jump the gun. We want to start that race early. And God might say, I need you here. You know, there's a story about a guy I know, uh, and Carrie knows him. Uh, Great, great, great speaker of God. He knows this Bible frontwards and backwards. Man, he can hold your attention like nobody I've ever seen. He was awesome. And from Monday to Friday night, he was out preaching everywhere. He would go across the country preaching from Monday to Friday. We saw him on Sundays. That's all we saw him on. And man, he was phenomenal. I mean, he, he was just he was just that good. He he loved God. He had passion for God. He wanted to touch the world. And on Mondays, he would get on a plane and fly somewhere, and he would preach from Monday to Friday. And then he'd come home and he'd preach on Sundays. That's all he did for a long, long time, wasn't he, Carrie? Something happened. His daughters started losing faith. They started to rebel against their dad. And they started to rebel against God. They started getting into stuff that they they shouldn't have got. They turned their back on the church. He struggled with them. He couldn't figure it out. Why are they doing this? After that, same thing happened with his wife. His wife turned her back, not only on the church, but on her husband. She started finding love some other places. Before you know it, he lost his family. He lost his wife, lost the relationship he had with his kids, and he lost his church. A church that God gave him to build from day one. He started a church, and he built a church from five people to about 5,000 people. But he lost it all. Everything. And he wandered for a long time. He just kind of wandered around, didn't he? For a long time, he, he just wandered and said, I don't understand what went wrong. I was doing everything right. And he was mad at God. He was like, you took my family. You took my daughters who I had this great relationship with. You took them away from me. You took my wife, the love of my life. You took her away from me. You took my church. I built that church for you, God. You took it away from me. Why? Why did you do all that? And for a long time, he struggled. But then he realized all those times God gave him that church to be at that church. He was trying to do too much. He was doing everything right, but he was failing. See, God told him, that's not where I wanted you. 
I didn't want you to get on a plane on Mondays and go spread the word. I needed you here. Sometimes that's hard for us to swallow, isn't it? It really is. Because we want to go out, but God said, I needed you there. And you didn't pay attention to it. So I took it away from you. Well, after a while, he realized that. And he'll tell you that. And you know what he's doing today? He got his life back with God and he started another church. Just a small church. And it's, it's flourishing and he's flourishing again with God. Because he realized, this is where God wants me. Like John said at IHOP. That's, that's not a, a clear across the country. That's a small setting. But that's where God wants you. See, that's the hard part about evangelizing. Sometimes we're evangelizing to the wrong people. It might not be my job to witness to Floyd. Everything I say to him might go through one ear out the other like it does already. <laughs> I got to pick on him a little bit. But it's kind of like, I tell you what it's really kind of like. Now, this is just an Allen Spur of the moment deal. It's like coaching. You know, I've, I coached kids for a long time in sports, and I coached my daughter, my oldest daughter, who unfortunately doesn't get to come to church a lot of times because she's paramedic. She works up teen hours a week. But I coached her, and I couldn't coach her. Does that make sense? I mean, I was the head coach, but I'm telling you what. If she, if she missed a ball or she made a bad throw and it was her fault, and I said, Lana you got to get down on that ground ball. You know what I got? It was, Dad, you're picking on me. Quit picking on me. You don't tell anybody else that. I'm like, yeah, I do. But I couldn't coach her. I really couldn't. So my assistant coach, you know, he, one day he said, let me, let me try something. I said, all right, whatever. You know, so something happened. And sure enough, he said, Lana, you got to get down on that ground ball. She said, oh, okay, coach. You know, and I'm in a dugout, and I'm like, man, well, I could kill her. You know, it's the same thing I've been telling her 15 million times. Somebody else says it. Oh, yeah, you're right. I've got to do that. Well, guys, witnessing's the same way. God's going to put the right people in your life to witness to if you allow him to, if we're doing what he wants us to do, if we're fishing where he wants us to fish. We'll have success. So that's one thing we got to think about is evangelizing the right way, being in the right spot. And the way to do that is listen to God. Where do you want me, God? And wherever he tells you, that's where he wants you. And then go there and do it. And he'll put the right people in your life that you're going to connect to. And that's what's going to happen. Another thing that I think we really, really need to get back to is, where, is realizing where our mission, first mission field really is. That's at home. We are doing a poor job of spreading the gospel in our own home. I don't know about you guys, but I sure did. I remember one time somebody asked my daughter, you know, uh, can you, can you tell, tell me, you know, a few of the Ten Commandments? And she couldn't. You know, and I'm like, what do you mean you couldn't? You were in children's church. I was your children's pastor. Please say some of the Ten Commandments. I just, I can't remember them. 
I said, why not? Well, we never talked about them at home. I'm like, no, well, you're right. If I can tell you this, she can tell you every one of Oklahoma's softball roster every single year. <laughs> can we talk about that? We talk about that all the time. But we didn't talk about God. And then we wonder why this world, there's so many kids out there today who have no, no clue who Jesus Christ was. No clue. We just had VBS. We had 55 kids almost every single night, sometimes a little bit more. 55 kids. Some of them had no clue who Jesus Christ was. Some of them, this is the first time they'd ever been to a church. That's sad, isn't it? See, we got to start at home. Our first mission field, our first opportunity to evangelize should be at home. We have to witness to our kids. How many of you guys have, you know, at my house, we have a few traditions, family traditions. One of them, I mean, we're always, you know, try to get together for the OU Texas game. You know, uh, that's a tradition at our house. You know, that is a big tradition. You know, we get together for that. Uh, so how many of you guys have family traditions that's been passed down from generation to generation? And we got to do more of that. And we've got to pass God down from generation to generation. See, if you go to Psalms, I like being in Psalms today. If you go to Psalms, chapter 78, 1 through 4, it says this. It says, give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. Now, this is David. And I love it when he says a parable, because who else spoke in parables? Jesus Christ did. He says, I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Guys, if we don't tell our kids, where do we expect them to learn it? We have got to start, and that's an easy place to start. If you're a new Christian and you really want to start evangelizing, start with your family. Start at home. Because they're not going to hit you, or they're not going to kick you out, or they're not going to tell you how stupid you are. They're going to listen to you. But we've got to start there. And then we've got to make sure it's passed through generation. That's the only way this book will survive, is through us. We have to make sure everybody hears the Word of God. And it starts in our own homes. If we can't preach to each other, then how are we going to preach out there? We've got to strengthen each other. We've got to love on each other. What tools do you need? Now, some of you aren't going to like this. What is the best tool to witness? I thought about that long and hard. Now, I thought about the times before I was saved and how I acted when people told me about Christ and I didn't listen and I thought what is the best tool what is the best tool that I have to witness to somebody is it this 
I thought about that. Is it the Bible? Is that how I should really start? What if they don't believe in the Bible? Then I'm just giving them words. Because if they don't believe in God, then they don't believe in this book. And if they don't believe in this book, everything I tell them out of this book, they're just going to think is a joke. So what is the best tool I have? Exactly. It's you. It's your story. See, we all have a story. If you're saved, you have a story. Your story, your passion, your love, your example is the best tool you have. How do I know? You know, in Luke chapter 8, verse 39, if you remember the whole, and we're not going to read the whole thing, but Jesus came and he came upon a guy that had a, a bunch of demons in him. And he said his name is Legion. You remember that? And he said, okay, get out of this guy. You know, so Jesus cast out all those demons. And the guy, you know, Jesus was getting in a boat. And the guy came and said, take me with you, take me with you, take me with you. And what did Jesus do? He looked at him and said, no, 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 no. In verse 39 it says, return to your own house. And tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. That's it. That's your story. And everybody has it. You want to witness to somebody? Then tell them your story. Tell them what God has done for you. What did God do for me? Look at my life. He saved me. And then you tell people, this is what I was before. And this is what I am now. And this is why I'm this way. And man, don't, don't be too macho about it. Okay? I know sometimes we're thinking as guys, oh, I don't know, I'm too macho to do that. You know, bull. Swallow your pride. I mean, I'm just as macho as anybody else, I guess. I don't know. Am I? Not really? Thanks, Trav. <laughs> but guys, your story is your story. And it's great. It doesn't matter if it's dramatic or not dramatic. It's great. Why? Because it's yours. And if you don't know your story, I gave you a piece of paper today that said my story. Write it down. Most of you know my story. Most of you know where I was. How many people in here has been stabbed? There you go, Alex. How many people has been in jail? How many people has been a drug addict? How many people stole? Everybody has a story. It's yours. And God gave it to you. That is the best tool we have. Because once you get that and you start learning God's words, then it opens up to you. When somebody says, wow, you did all that and... and you love God and God loves you how's that possible then then guess what that that's your key oh well let me show you and then you pull his word out and then they understand it 
Then they're looking at it because they want to see the words that changed your life. They want to know, well, what was it in here that made you this way? How can I do this? How, I, want, I want that. You know, in, in 1 Peter it says, don't be afraid to tell your story. Be ready. Be on the defensive. So when somebody comes and says, what's the hope you have in your life? Where did you get that at? You say, this is where I got it from. I got it from what Christ did for me. And what he can do for you. That's how you do your story. And that's where you get it from. That's the greatest tool we have. When John goes to IHOP, he's told me a million times, he just sits and talks and tells them about himself. And then he says, I, this, God can do it for you. Isn't that right, John? That's just his story. He's not, you know, this is not a weapon to beat somebody over the head with. This is a tool to say, you know what? Your life sucks. Well, guess what? It can get better. You think you're in trouble. You think you've done this. You think you've done that. You're forgiven. You think you have no path to heaven. Here it is. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter who you were. This is it. Because it worked for me. That's your story. I'm challenging you today. If you don't have a story, yes you do. If you've been saved, you have a story. Write it down. Pri do it privately. Just write it down. Write down what God's done for me. This is where I was before. This is what God's done for me. And this is, this is where I'm heading. Am I perfect yet? No. Will I be perfect yet? No. But God loves me. And I'm heading the right way. And this is why. And I'm going to tell you what, when God opens that door, and He will, you're ready for it. When God says, this is the person I want you to witness to, you're ready for it. And it starts with your story. You don't have to memorize this, guys. I know, I know I've talked to a lot of people that, well, I don't really like to witnessing to people because I don't know the Bible that well. Okay, fine. You don't need it. You got your story? You got what God's done for you? Start there. Be passionate. Love your story because it's yours. You know, I, last week... I think Brother Bunce was talking about carrying stuff. You know why? You know why we don't carry it anymore? Because we've turned it into good. My story sucks. What I did in the past, I'm terribly ashamed of. But it's my story. And I don't carry those things as baggage now. I carry him so I can show people this is what God did for me. This is what he can do for you. If you don't have a story because you haven't been saved, do it today. That's when your story starts, man. That's when your story starts. When you finally decide to suck it up, and give your life to God and say, you know what? I got to have something different. 
when you finally decide to swallow that pride, swallow that ego, get rid of the excuses, and you come down and you get on your knees and you say, God, I need you. Your story starts. And the good thing is, you know where it finishes. We finish on the right hand of God. We finish walking the streets of gold. I get to go fishing with Peter. That's my heaven. It's yours too. What's your story? If you don't have one, here's the altars. If you do, know it. Write it down. And remember, that's the greatest tool you have. If you don't believe me, go read Acts chapter 26, I think it is. Yeah, it's Acts 26. Paul's, Paul's being questioned. You know, and what does he do? He just tells his story. He just tells his story. This is what happened to me. This is the way I was. I, I, I was bad. I, was, I killed these people. I did this. I did that. And then on the road to Damascus, my story started. Your story is there too. And I got news for you. It's just as great as Paul's. Because it's yours. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you so much for giving us your son that we can have our story. That we know where our story ends. And it was a gift from you that you allowed us to be there. And Lord, I just pray that everyone here realizes how important their story is. It's the tool they have to witness to others. And I wish that they just open their hearts and go where you lead them to go. Maybe it's just being stronger in their homes. Maybe it's the father that needs to be the father that you call them to be. It's the husband that needs to be that man. It's the wife that needs to be the wife. The grandparent. But if it's in the home, Lord, I beg that you start there. That they learn that, that man, that's where it starts. Because that's their foundation. And then I hope that they pray that you just give them other people to witness to. And that they're ready for it. But it's their story that's important. Father, I ask if there's somebody here today that hasn't given in to you yet. That says, I don't have a story. Let it be today. When the music plays, just let them come forward. Let them say, I want a story. I want my story to start today. I want to be in this family. I want to be in God's family. We ask if there's anybody here that that's just knows somebody that's struggling. And they want to lift them up. Let them know that you've said, bring it to me. 
Bring all your prayer requests and lay them at my feet. We don't do that enough. We try to do everything ourselves, Father. But we fail so miserably. We need to lay them at your feet. We need to give them to you. The Lord, more importantly, we need to give ourselves to you. I thank you for today. And Lord, I want to I wanna bless when the offering plate goes by. This offering is yours. Just give us the wisdom to use it the way you would want us to use it. But again, Father, I'm asking, if there's anybody here that needs to come, let them come. Let their heart not be troubled. Give them the courage and the strength to finally step out. They won't be alone. It's the greatest witness we have is to each other. We thank you, Father. We ask you to, to be with us as we do witness. Give us the strength and the courage to tell our story and then lead them to you through your word. We thank you. We glorify you and we honor you. We give everything in your blessed son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.